Hello and welcome back to the podcast. As always, I thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. And if you like what you what I do, please share, comment, like, and follow on the social medias. If you have a request, please feel free to send me a message and I will make that happen. Today we are going to take a look at the Beast of Shevodon. And I just want to start out by saying that I am not a French speaker, so if I butcher any names, I am sorry in advance. The beast is the name given to the animal or animals terrorizing the area of Chevaudan between the years 1764 to 1767. The mystery of the animal is the very different descriptions that took form over from uh, different witnesses during the time and different reports and testimonies. In some descriptions, the animal is described as a large wolf, but the other witnesses claim that it had a longer tail uh, than a wolf and the ending of the tail had a tuft of hair and other describes it with spots or even a long black line on its back and effectively describes almost a spotted hyena or a lion. So during the time of the animal's reign, the total number of dead differs depending on which source you go by, but it's estimated that around 100 dead and 50 wounded was taken during the reign of the beast. It was also over a very large area, about 80 to 90 kilometers, and that is 50 to 56 miles, making the animal extremely fast, or the possibility that it was not one animal, but several that were present in the area or the province. The animal attacks quickly sped fair through the land and the French king and monarchy even became involved to stop the beast making the story of the beast actually to kind of take on a life on its own and that may have contributed to the beast legend and even the kill count maybe. I personally find the story very interesting because it's I believe it brings a deep fear out of us as people. The fear of being reminded that we are not on the top of the food chain always. The fear of being hunted or even stalked by animals. Especially during a period in time where modern guns and equipment that we have today, they did not exist. So you are even more of a prey in some animal size. We can even just imagine being outside in the forest or along a forest path and you have walked this path every day to get firewood or water or traveling to the next town and suddenly you realize that you are not alone something is stalking you in the bushes or among the trees and the only thing you actually can do is kind of run knowing that if you don't get help or make it inside you are more or less dead I think that is a, a story we all can think about and appreciate that we live in such modern times that we have today.
So let's begin to look into this story and try to separate what is legend from reality and what we can say actually happened and what the animal maybe actually was. So the first attack in writing was uh, in 1764 and that was a young girl that was herding cattle on the outside of the town of Lagange in the eastern part of Chevaudan province. The girl describes the attack as following that a wolf-like creature charged over the fields towards her and fearing for her life she realized that she had no way of escape and she froze on the spot. However to her help came the bulls of the herd um, that she was herding and they actually charged the creature making a circle of the herd and the the creature actually charged one more time but was actually driven off by the bulls and disappeared into a nearby forest so that is the first written attack that happened however the first victim that we can find written down was later that same year in 1764 on the 30th of june and that was a 14 year old jean boulet who was attacked and killed outside the village of Lehubax. If this was the first person to be killed, it's not 100% known because it's 1764, so if anybody else had been killed, no remains were found and no sources have written it down or nothing remains of the record, so we don't know, but they assume that this was the first death. The second recorded victim was found on the 8th of August that same year, outside the village of Poilorent, also this a 14 year old. Several more attacks occurred during the rest of 1764, but the details about them is uh, quite scattered, so this is... um, not really any details that I was able to find. This, however, gave the attack and rumors new life and a fire, and it spread all around the province. Tales spread that the beast could indeed walk on its hind legs and leap great distances, both forward and upwards, uh, making uh, the chasing dogs or hunting dogs not able to follow it when it jumped over walls for example and tales even spread that it was immune to bullets and sticks that hunters had shot it but it had came back to life or it had just kept running even they if they hit it so even some stories claim that they had seen the beast and it was traveling with his young offsprings, but that is not confirmed either. And in this, in these December that same year, 1764, the bishop and also the Count of Gévaudan declared uh, 40 days of prayer and penance 
because he believed that the beast was a punishment sent by God for the sins of the province. And um, today that may seem a little bit harsh, but it's kind of understandable for the times, being that this was on the French countryside during the 18th century. News was extremely slow and superstition was very rampant. So if you at the time were a a faithful person, of course, if the bishop that is a direct link to God tells you that this is a punishment, well, some people may believe it. In 1765, the killings ramped up to a new level when Jacques Potefai and seven children was attacked. And this happened outside the village of Villaray. No one died in this attack, but um, and that was because the group was able to stay together and drive the beast away with sticks and stones. I believe there was only one of the children that was bit in the cheek. And the news of this particular attack actually came to the attention of the king, Louis XV, who actually sent 300 livres to Potify and an additional 350 livres to the rest of the group of the children to be shared among them. And also they gave Choquet Potifar also um, the ability to receive a formal education by the king's command. So this was a very, very big deal. And some may wonder why King Louis suddenly became so interested by the story. And we must realize that at the time it's... um, it's 1765 and we today know of course that in 1789 the French Revolution happened and the country was not stable even in 1765 so there were a lot of unrest and they had lost colonies to England and such so you can see it being of the interest of the king to solve this and reward those who fight off this ferocious beast because it's basically good PR for the king in the eyes of the people. So by the king's decree in 1765 he also said that this beast was now the crown's problem and it would be dealt by the crown. So he sent first captain Duhamel of Clermont, who was a leader of a company of dragoons and accompanying soldiers to the Gévaudan region. He was known as an excellent hunter and a commander, but uh, the problem that was facing them uh, in Gévaudan was the problem to work together with the local populace, uh, more or less the herders and farmers was very uncooperative with Captain Duhamel and the incompetence by his own guards did not help so there were a lot of miscommunications and the sense of 
the captain and his soldiers to be a little bit better than the local populace. So there was there was a lot of uh, gear grinding between them. And at one particular hunt, Captain Duhamel had instructed the villagers of one particular village to stage an ambush for the beast as a river and the soldiers was going to drive the beast towards the river but the villagers did not show up because they didn't think that they needed to so a lot of frustration and Duhamel actually used the tactic of dressing his soldiers up as women to run around in the forest or alongside the roads because the majority of the beast's attacks was against young women but this strategy was not particularly um, good because no attacks on the soldiers happened so they in the end were close a couple of times of shooting what they believed was the beast but did not have any more success than that so the good captain he needed help so he wrote to the king and the king king sent two hunters named Jean Charles Marc Antoine Valsemel de Enneval and his son Jean Francois. I am sorry for that, but I tried. Who both was actually famous for being uh, specialists in wolf hunting. Uh, and they brought with them uh, bloodhounds and specially trained animals to to track and hunt wolves. Uh, however, the hunters and Duhamel had very, very different strategies for finding and killing the beast. So they also clashed heads. Duhamel wanted to have um, grand hunts and flush the beast out in the open and uh, the two... Um, wolf hunters they wanted to uh, stalk and ambush it and being uh, in as a small group as possible so the uh, cooperation did not lead to so such a great results so for four months this broken alliance uh, held before uh, the king found out about this and he became so frustrated that he fired all three of them he paid them, he fired them, and he replaced them with a man called François Antoine. And Francis Antoine was the king's private arquebus bearer and lieutenant of the hunt. Basically, the king's private hunting expert. And he arrived in Le Molsi in June 22nd, 1765, and started the task to find and kill the beast for the king and on august 11 the same year 1765 uh, he arranged a great hunt that where they had a strategy to find and kill the beast but during the hunt a couple of women was crossing a stream and these women were actually attacked by the beast and the beast According to the story, charged one woman in particular, a woman named Marie Jean Vallée. And this 20-year-old, she managed actually to fight the beast off by using a makeshift spear 
uh, which she plunged into the chest of the beast. And when this happened, the beast fell into the stream of water they were uh, on top of and disappeared into the woods. And Francis Anton, he came to the site, he saw the spear, and on the spear it was blood from the beast. And they tried to pursue it, but they couldn't find it. So Marie-Jean uh, Marie was given a nickname made of Chevaudon. And um, she was actually later compared to Jean of Arc uh, by the minister of the king's house. Uh, and the result of this great hunt was just a bunch of wolves killed, but none of them was the beast described by witnesses. So this kept on going, but in August uh, 20th or 21st, it's not really been confirmed which of the two dates it are it is, but Francis actually killed a wolf in the area of Abbey de Chorsey. And the wolf actually measured was 80 centimeters in height on its shoulders, and that is about three, 31 inches. And it was around 1.7 meters, that is 5 feet 7, long and weighed around 60 kilos or 130 pounds. And Francis actually declared that this was the beast of Chevaudon and named it actually Le Loup de Chaussée. He did this with support of some witnesses. Among the witnesses was Marie-Jean Vallée, who actually um, confirmed that that was the animal that she uh, struck with the spear. They actually could find the spear wound uh, on the beast's chest, actually. Uh, Francis arrived with the animal to Versailles on the 1st of October, and he was hail a hero and was paid handsomely. However, this was not the end of the terror in Gévaudan. For some time, the attacks actually stopped and the people started to be less afraid and live their life as before the attack started. But when December started, two young boys, aged 6 and 12, was actually attacked by the beast. Uh, the beast tried to drag the younger boy away, but he was saved by his older brother, who managed to chase the beast away. So, number one brother there. A dozen killings actually followed, and the populace once again was plunged into terror during 1766. And it was the be the believed that the beast had re-emerged. So... The reports made its way to the king, but he was no longer interested in the matter. According to the king, the beast died when Francis killed this, uh, so this was just a regular wolf, according to the royal, royal household. So this was something that the local magistrate was going to be able to manage. But for the local populace on the ground, of course, the beast had returned, and it seems that it had changed actually its tactics. 
according to the witnesses um, the beast was now much more careful and was not afraid of cattle anymore it actually tried to chase the cattle away to get to its victim uh, the local nobility of the region of Chevaudan um, met to arrange plans on how they should deal with the problem of the beast and um, to get to stop the killings and they tried organizing hunts to kill it they killed and poisoned livestock and other dead animals and placed it at uh, places where the beast had been seen um, and nothing worked the beast just kept attacking and um, they couldn't kill it they were not even close at all but the beast will, would meet its end in 1767 on the 19th of June when a local hunter by the name of Sean Chostel shot it on a slope of Mont Mosey during an organized hunt and this part of the story is going to get a little bit weird according to the man himself Sean Sostel he had had a vision from God given instructions that the beast would be at that particular place of Mont Mose and also how to kill the beast because regular bullets would not kill it it would not even hurt it so Sean Chastel was instructed in his vision to make his own bullets from the melted remains of his silver Virgin Mary medals and after he had made his bullets he traveled to the place where he had been shown in his vision and he did as he was instructed he put down his rifle he went down on his knees and he prayed. How long he prayed is not known, but during the time of his prayer, he did not move. And the beast appeared and approached him slowly. It then froze on the spot a little bit from Jean Costel. So when he opened his eyes after his prayer, the beast was there so he could load his rifle and shoot it and yeah that is his version of the story uh, and it sounds a little bit like make-believe but that is because it this was an oral story that was actually written down first in 1899 and it was written down by an author that added a couple of extra elements like the Virgin Mary medals and the vision of God to make the story a little bit more amazing. The actual truth was that Sean Chastel in the indeed just shot the crease the creature, but under less I don't know fantastical circumstances. And the remains of this creature, it said that Sean Chastel loaded the remains and brought it into the Chateau de Bosque of the Marquet de Officer, located in the town of Charay, where it became examined by Dr. Boulanger, 
a surgeon who transcribed his findings to something called the Marine Report. And this report is the closest uh, they got to a consistent description of the animal. And especially the focus here became its teeth. It had, according to the report, 20 teeth in the upper jaw and 22 in the lower one, consistent with a canine. It also described that the animal was similar to a wolf, but larger, and had a little bit different in the uh, uh, its uh, autonomy, like it was a little bit broader over the shoulders and stuff like that. And the problem with the report was that the physical remains was supposed to be transported to Paris after it got, it got displayed in, in the doctor's house just for a couple of days. But when it arrived to Paris, it was apparently very badly preserved by the apothecary uh, in the city of Chouet. So it stank something amazingly. So the king refused to meet the the party that brought the beast and he sent a servant uh, instead to look it over and the servant was so uh, repulsed by the stink and the conditions of the remains uh, that they order it uh, to be buried immediately and the problem with this is that uh, once again the story about uh, the king and the servant and telling them to uh, dig down the remains is that it, once again it's, it was an oral story so it wasn't written down to many many years later so because of this any remains has actually never been found because they don't really know where they buried it if they ever did bury it so most likely this particular story about the remains cannot be confirmed so, at the end of the day, uh, what was the beast then? Well, according to modern scholars and zoologists, the beast most likely was the result of one or several wolves um, that attacked in the region. And the paranoia and the myths around it made it something else. Uh, the descriptions, according to some of the black stripe on it, uh, could describe a spotted hyena or a young adolescent male lion. Uh, this is, however, very unlikely uh, because for a couple of things. But wolves attack in Europe and in France was a common problem at the time uh, during the 17, 18, and even the 16th century. So a majority of the ones that Atta was attacked and survived this describes the beast as a wolf um, so uh, one of the th theories that has um, emerged in later times is that it may have been a wolf dog and that is of course the offspring between a wolf and a domestic dog um, and the reason for this is that when they describe the size of the beast or at least the one that got shot and ended up in the marine report is that it's larger than a normal European wolf and hybrids are 
often bigger than its parents. And if you need any proof of this, just Google uh, a liger uh, for that, because that's um, uh, that's between a lion and a tiger, and they become really big animals. So it was a dog and a wolf that got it on and produced something bigger. That's highly likely. For me personally, I absolutely have no clue what the beast was. Uh, a part of me, of course, uh, wants it kind of be, to be an undiscovered animal. But if I think about it more, I mean, more logically, uh, most likely it's one or more wolves. Because when it comes to the theory of a lion or a spotted hyena, I feel like that theory kind of just goes up in smoke because of, I mean, this is South Central France. They have winters, you know, and I don't think a lion or a hyena can survive the winter. So, I don't know. Um, and according to the marine report that we talked about earlier, it has the best description of the beast and it sounds like a big wolf. And I'm. Um, as I said before, I'm not a zoologist or any such profession, so I just think what I hear, you know, it sounds like wolves. Uh, and wolves, even today, are one of those animals that have that have its myth and status in, in many, many cultures in Europe. Uh, it's um, a local legend, folklore, and of all of that, and we must remember that it was a time in the European history where wolves attacked people for food and and for te uh, territory and being you know attacking people to get to their livestock and such like that and being the case if um, attack starts in one area of course the rumors are just going to be off the charts and going a little bit of a sparkle myth in it and the wolf becomes something more I mean uh, the Romans believed that they were wolf men in uh, Caledonia, what is today uh, modern Scotland. But most likely, uh, according to historians, they were would have been Caledonian fighters, but they had wolf's um, skin on top of them, like on their head. And if you saw that fleetingly, well, it looks like a man-wolf. But... At the end of the day, we will never have 100% answers what this beast was. And the tragedy, of course, is the loss of life in these attacks. And especially when it comes to young children and adults that was attacked and killed by it. And um, if you have a couple of hours over, I can actually give you um, a recommendation for a movie about this time. It's a, it's a kind of a good thriller that takes place during the reign of the beast and it's called the brotherhood of the wolf it's a couple of years old uh, i think it's maybe early 2000s maybe 2005 somewhere it is not historically accurate but um, it's inspired by the events uh, they actually have a part in it where you can see uh, soldiers running around in women's clothing as we know but otherwise than that it's not really historically accurate but i can recommend it it's a it's a fun movie um yeah that is today's episode i hope you liked it 
I um, appreciate every one of you that are that is listening. I appreciate the hell out of you, um, wherever you're from, everything. Um, if you like what you hear, I mean, give a rating, a review, or leave a comment. Share with a friend. Hassle them. I don't know. If you want me to make an episode uh, about something that you find interesting, please leave a comment or message me on uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah, that's it. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.